0: Paul's letter to the Galatians 1:11 11-19. Brethren, I would have you know that the gospel which was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it, and I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, so extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when He who had set me apart before I was born and had called me through His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son to me, in order that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, I did not confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia, and again I returned to Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him fifteen days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James the Lord's brother. ––– The question of authority ought to be a much bigger question than most people seem to understand. When someone says, what you are doing is wrong, by what authority are they saying that? There is the easy answer of the appeal to the civil law code of one's particular country. But this is merely an appeal to crime, not necessarily that which is right or wrong. In terms of a Venn diagram, the circle of moral right and wrong is much larger than the circle of civil right and wrong. There are many thoughts, words, and actions that are not crimes but are morally wrong. Failing to recognize this distinction is where many apologists are. If we are discussing the field of ethics with someone who does not hold to the same authority as we do, the argument will go nowhere. To appeal to the authority of the Bible or to church tradition with someone who does not acknowledge these as authoritative makes no sense. The question of authority needs to be addressed first. This is what Paul is doing as he interacts with the church in Galatia. As he has previously led and taught this body of believers, he does not appeal to his ability to teach, he does not appeal to his academic superiority nor does he appeal to his faithfulness to the old covenant law. Instead, he speaks honestly about himself as one who formerly persecuted Christians but has, by the direct interaction of God, repented and preaches what was taught to the apostles by Jesus Christ. Paul's previous high view of himself as a faithful Jew was built on his exceptional intelligence, and faithfulness to tradition. Not only was he an incredibly faithful Jew, he also aggressively persecuted the followers of Jesus Christ but then he came to realize through divine intervention that the very God whom he claimed to follow had become man while still remaining God, fulfilling the prophecy of the coming Messiah. Without directly naming his experience with Jesus Christ on his trip to Damascus, it was then that he, through the imposition of physical blindness, came to understand that he was spiritually blind as well. Paul had to pass through great suffering and realignment of his understanding of who God was and who he was before he could come to a place of humility, allowing him to open to the direction of the Holy Spirit. In all of this, Paul is reminding his readers that being part of the Church is not about following a particular leader or being exceptional in some way, but about being baptized into Christ and embracing the Gospel as preached by the Apostles. As some have said in the past, there should be no one person or family that makes or breaks a specific parish. And even the written Bible itself could disappear from existence and the Church would continue on, as the Holy Spirit is guiding His people because being a faithful part of the church is not about having enough knowledge or a good enough reputation but about love and repentance. When we humble ourselves and look to put others first, doing whatever we can to grow in holiness and to help others grow in holiness, then we are being faithful. Just as Paul says here, his movement from being a powerful and zealous Jew to a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, was not about knowledge or reputation. Paul had both of these, but he came to understand that one can only appeal to the apostolic faith. His path from Judaism to Christianity was a long and difficult one. Through the revelation of Jesus Christ, Paul slowly made the transition. Some refer to the cage stage of the new convert. When someone first becomes a Christian, they are very excited and want to tell everyone they see what has taken place. While zeal and enthusiasm are good, immaturity is a problem. Thus, the person should think of themselves as needing to be in a cage and growing up, learning to be humble and to love others. Paul spent over three years in his isolation before he began his work as an apostle. While Paul's appeal is not to his academic prowess or reputation, and it seems that he is arguing for not being led by the other apostles, he does remind his readers that he did meet with James, who at that time would have been considered the bishop of the church in Jerusalem. Paul was not making it up as he went along. He needed to remind the church in Galatia that his teaching was in alignment with the apostolic faith, as overseen by James. Ultimately this passage is Paul saying that the faithful preaching of the gospel is not about who is speaking or their level of knowledge or their reputation the preaching that is faithful is the preaching that apostolic our foundation should be this is what the apostles taught what they handed down to the first generation church and what has been handed down to each succeeding generation since there is nothing new there is no need to change the gospel message we need to be able to understand embrace and defend the idea that this is what the church has always believed and practiced When we think, speak, and act, to what authority do we appeal?